served with James Garner. He was in that. So he just kind of, they called him at the lot and said, can you go to yeah. the set and, and talk to a cyborg? Yeah, All yeah. right. Well, now look, you see the German Shepherd and you see the red Jeep, right? Yeah. At the end of Terminator, uh -huh. Sarah Connor is at the gas station in a red Jeep with a German Shepherd. That's no coincidence. Well, is, I don't know. This is all travel stuff. It was a coincidence. It was a time traveling killer robot, and a and a dog and a red jeep. Right. Okay, so right now we have one of those fake, fake growling "I'm ferocious" when you could tell the dog is a puppy dog. Do you think it's like uh, the Wilhelm scream, but they have like a Wilhelm right. scream for dogs? <laughs> Every time you do that, Frank Welker gets a paycheck. Do you remember Benji uh, did that voiceover? Uh, what, that was in the book you read, the um, Hollywood Dogs That Drink. Benji was the one that did the the Wil Wilhelm growl voiceover. Yeah, right, and no royalties too. And you're not when you're at the Famosa Club, Famosa Bar on, on Sunset, you just don't bring it up. <laughs> You'll freak out in Hollywood. Now you Hollywood. see, you see how Chubby's got a gun, right? Yeah, okay. he's been carrying that gun all all day. Now look, they hear oh. somebody, right? The dog is hurt, but it's not obviously from somebody. Now look, he pulls out a freaking gun. The guy's got a gun in his pocket. It's nineteen ten. <laughs> it it's not. It's nineteen. Although that hat. They didn't come in in a horse. It was it a is. jeep. Oh, wait a minute. So you're saying that he showed up in a prop house in saw 06? Or no, the house is that old? He, yes, this whole town is a ghost town. So it's 60 years 60 old. 60 year old ghost town. Right. That's just, I can't conceive of that idea. <laughs> well, it happens Nobody touched the property in 60 years. Okay, now here's my question. Why in the world do they want to kill some hobo? They want him out of the ghost town. For what? You can have a ghost town if people are squatting in your ghost town. Now watch him zap him. Now you see there's no ray that comes out of his gun. You see that? Yeah. But later we'll get rays. Why did he... Well, it just started. Maybe it has an ionized on Earth. Right. What yeah. I don't get is oh, that, guy, that guy didn't even draw. He didn't point <laughs> his gun at him. He shot first. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can I get an ionized charge? My ray gun is really low. <laughs> so look what Klaatu does, this son of a bitch. He steals the fucking Jeep because he's on a mission. He, well, that's what the Terminator does. He just grabs what he can. You know, your leather jacket here, your motorcycle there. Your clothes, your boots, now. Bill Paxton's like, uh... Let me guess, laundry day! <laughs> By the way, we actually did the movie The Terminator on our podcast because Yahoo Movies had it for free and we watched, you know, it's it was like one of the greatest movies ever next to, yeah. say, Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then the rest of the Terminators, you know, whatever. Your your distance may vary. Hey, I like to get wash your car, sir. 
Now, the guy is like, Sam Gilmore's Jeep, what are you doing? And what in tarnation? So the guy, he, he just asked for directions. He was like, can you direct me to Future Industries? I mean, as if he would have no GPS, right? Oh, we've gone from ghost town to fucking cool ass Dinerville. <laughs> this is really any any town, California. Now look, Clatchin. California. Listen, did you say the last the uh, last day on what? Hmm, I keep calling him Clatu because of this famous movie he was in. Oh yeah, the day the Earth stood still. Right, exactly right. And there's your buddy Sam uh, Wilk. Uh, Oh, Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's from our last film. The Elvis one. Right. So, I, isn't his name like Wendell right. Crane? Right, that's exactly right. Because this guy, and then we should mention this up front. If this movie was on Mystery Science Theater, I apologize. It's never our intention <laughs> to do a film that's in a Mystery Science Theater. But his films have been on Mystery Science Theater. The Agent of Harm and... Uh, is Wendell Crane is his name? Uh, no, Sam Suffolk. as Sheriff. They just call him Sheriff throughout the whole thing. Gotcha. He's the Sheriff of the, uh, oh, I've seen Terminator. I know what happens to cops in the first movie. Oh, that's right. In the first movie, he comes in and shoots every single Los Angeles cop in the precinct. And then in the third movie, he blows up all these police cars, looks around in his Terminator uh, sunglasses, and you can see on the screen, Top casualty zero. Yeah, right. Like they, you know, they he cleaned up his act. Thanks to the kid, I order you not to kill anybody anymore. I'm a Terminator. When... Okay, yeah, so... I know that guy doesn't understand. Well, it's just a plot point. Yeah. Klaatu broke in to get some clothes. The burglar alarm went off, and they're off to get him. And so is a guy from the press. But go ahead. So in the. Day of the Earth stood still, and I haven't even seen. I haven't seen. I think I watched parts of it, nineteen fifties version, and I never seen the Keanu version. But is it Klaatu, the name of the robot that hangs out with them? No, it's the guy who arrives to. It's the Keanu Reeves. Listen, if you haven't seen that film and you haven't, it's worth a watch. Yeah, it'll suck. Yeah, I've been it. It's a classic, and for. For its day, it didn't suck, you know. Um, it's a historic movie. I mean, it's the day the Earth stood still. <laughs> There's this one scene in the Keanu Reeves one that's so much better because, you know, it's modern, and the guy's right. got a lie detector. He's like, am I, am I holding up my right hand? You know, asking dumb questions. And he goes, do you know of an impending attack upon the Earth? And Keanu Reeves just breaks character and looks at him and goes, y you should let me go. Okay, you have Oh, that's great. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. In the movie theater in 1994. So basically or a whole lot of is going on. They're just... No, I know, I'm talking over it. Nothing is stolen, but some they don't even know about the clothes yet. This director really knows how to pack actors into a scene. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a gasoline alley comic strip. Check out the dumb I can questions. Let people on a Doonesbury panel. You'll hear it later. Oh. Well, I mean, this movie is post casting, so I gotta get to oh, experience it. Oh, that's good. All the uh, 
Yeah, but it's anemic, so a few times it's, you know. All right, well, we didn't hear it, but basically she asked dumb questions throughout the whole thing. Who do you think did it, Sheriff? What are you going to do about it, Sheriff? <laughs> well, anyway. See well, that a car? That's a smart car. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's uh, made in California. But it's got two uh, – it's got a back seat, so it's not so smart. Oh, right. So you still have to you, – so look at the Playboy Club, Carl. Look, I know. Did you catch you that? Sure? And I don't think they meant like yeah. Playboy magazine. They just meant – Like local Playboy. This is Future Industries. And here we have a woman who's our one of our Star Trek connections. She was in this uh, – uh, episode with Roger Mudd. No, no, he was the no Harry Mudd. Harry Mudd. Roger Mudd was the newscaster, and um, she's one of the beautiful women who has to take a beautiful woman pill to get that way, you know. And then wait, the end, what do you mean? Tell me more. Well, like they're all ugly and haggy, but they take this pill and they turn into beautiful women. So Harry Mudd is flying around the galaxy selling off beautiful women, but surprise. They're ugly. I gotcha. <laughs> I, anyway, that's in Star the, Trek right there. Yeah. Well, Star Trek wrapped up perfectly because they found out in the end it was sort of a placebo. They could turn beautiful on their own. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take those pills. You could tell this is a, this computer hasn't moved. Like none of these uh, reels in the computer are even moving. Mm-hmm. Like at least you know have it move and go jug jug and jug jug. There's an oscillator right there on the panel. Right. Ping. Right for, Ping. for production value. Just get it. Get the stuff cranked yeah. up. World 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 1960s computer. Whiz 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 whiz. All right, I got to tell you a plot point here now. Um, radio telepathy. <laughs> radio telepathy. Okay, that's what this guy has discovered, yeah. and he was talking to the chimp. He was moving the pieces, and the chimp would move the pieces. Weird. Are you with me? Say it with me. Radio. I don't get it. Radio telepathy. The radio telepathy. He goes on the radio and he tells the chimp to move the chess piece. Over over radio waves, his mind was uh -huh. moving to the chimp's mind, and so he said, "Move this block, chimp," and the chimp did it. And after the tenth time, the chimp says, "Long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, why do I need to move these blocks? I'll take your answer offline." When they talk to radio, right? Understood. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so listen, radio uh, has yeah. grave consequences in the future. You can tell people what to do, and that's exactly what happens. Mind control. And this cyborg from the future knows that, and he's gone back to the present day, 1966, to stop the future. Right. The future industries, that is. Yes. So he's literally stopping the future and stopping future industries. Right. It, your doorknob doesn't work. Yeah, right. Wow, that's cool. That's how I break into houses. I realign the doorknob and yank that sucker out and just push my way in. Oh, that chip never cleans up. 
have to always have to pick up after the chimp, at least be a considerate co-worker. Stop throwing your There's the old cigarette machine. You could buy a pack of smokes. <laughs> oh, that guy has a hunch. He should go to a chiropractor. Plateau, absolutely. Now, this is Karen Steele. She was the star. She's the Star Trek connection. She's born in Holland, Honolulu. She was a cover girl in a mod, nice. but, uh, you know, she's become an actress now. And, of course, she was in Mud's Women, like I told you. She There was some Oscar-winning film called Marty, Marty, and she was in it. Marty? Yeah. Is that the one where uh, Ernest Borgnine is a dum-dum, and then he becomes a genius, and then he starts getting dum-dum again? I don't know. <laughs> No, no, Marty. No, there's no. That's flowers. Do you remember flowers for Algernon? See, they changed the names. The dumbasses like me can't pronounce it. But it, they feed like a, a test mouse, like brain food, brain pills, and he's all like, "I'm smart." Right. But then he starts going dumb again, and it's like his journal. He's like, uh, "I'm writing a journal. I'm a genius mouse." Or they fed it to a human, I think. I don't know anything but this movie, girl. I, I'm kidding. I'm interested. Okay, you're right. Oh, look, production value. The lights went on. Oh, yeah, there's flickering lights. That's More than right. one. Of and that's course. safe, and I thought that's a lot of money. And Klaatu was the one that made I don't even think he's a man of action. This is not a set. They went to a location. Some set designer didn't say, let's throw a safe in the background. Right, they went to a college. Yeah. Okay, you can do it, but don't touch the fucking dude. That cyborg's touching our reel. You hey, there's Carl's real, demo. You could cause a real issue. <laughs> real talk. Please okay. get real. So he wants to know where is Professor Sigmund Marx, inventor of radio telepathy? And you better answer me, girl. And she's like, I, whatever do you mean? And she's not, you know. <laughs> he's like, I'm from the future. Yeah. And she goes, of course you are. So Klaatu realizes he can't just order this dame around. He's got a mind controller with radio telepathy. Oh, wow. So if a cyborg gets his hand on that, I don't know. I think he gives cyborg from Justice League a bad name. Do you, don't you think? Yes, I agree. He's always wearing that glove, by the way. Is that because that's the special effect cyborg piece? No, his other hand is human. He's always wearing that glove because he's hiding under there like Terminator-looking fingers. Yeah, that's what I figure. And it's cheaper to have it in a glove. What's he doing? Is he using his cyber fingers? Well, no. Right now he's like talking her up. And look, he put the whammy jammy on her. I am in your control. She's <laughs> <laughs> Now he plugs in to the radio telepathy uh, chair and Wait doesn't put it on her he ears, right? Her? Right. He, he hypnotizes her to sit in the hypno chair. And yeah. He's already hypnotized. What more? Now, that doesn't go with the plot that he had the power to hypnotize her, but that's what he did. Yeah, they just happened out of nowhere. So now we're finding out that Professor Sigmund Marx uh, created this radio telepathy, which in the future really 
causes a lot of problems. So this guy is like a rebel cyborg or something. The resistance put him together. And so he's come back to stop Professor Marx by taking him to the future and explaining what he did wrong. You with me? I guess. Yes. <laughs> is there a test? So Professor Sigmund created this thing that fucks up the world. So they send a robot back to talk him out of it, essentially. Oh, all right. And they're going to bring him to the future. This is the second mistake this movie made, in my opinion. His mission should have been to kill Professor Sigmund Marx. And then, through his experiences with Sherry here, he learns humanity. And he decides not to kill him, but to talk him into it. You see? They blew it! Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, okay, great. This is more complicated than Terminator Genesis. <laughs> that was a sordid mess. Well, I haven't seen the last one, but after Genesis, I thought like, okay. Well, you know what they do is they'll like, they keep going back in time and changing plot. And they're like saying, well, now that I went this direction, right. uh, the third movie doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, come on, man. I spent two hours watching the third movie. That's right. By the way, I yeah. enjoyed Terminator 3, and a lot of people didn't. And I have to tell you about this latest Terminator. It really feels yeah. like they were like, hey, you know what? Let's, you know, why not? Let's just do another one. Well, I'll get some money. You know, people will have fun at the theater. It really wasn't a very... It's a movie we've seen. Yeah, I really wanted oh, wait. to see that. Here's Chubby now. Oh, He's here he is, Chubby. to the cop. And for breakfast, I had baked beans and frank. <laughs> I mean the reporter. He's bragging to the reporter. Oh, yeah. What a scoop. He's not taking any notes, the reporter. Oh, no. Yeah, he's putting away his notebook. Well, he probably's recording it time. with his smartphone. Is he? Yeah. Hey, director, are you recording? You shooting film right now? Not recording. Looks a little dark, That's right? Like yeah. Day. Oh, the sun must have been setting. Mark, you, Mike, you're a hot air. Right. You're so intuitive. You, I think you're right about that. What I think it is is that the movie set next door had a hot air balloon. It was blocking the it sun. Making a shadow. <laughs> And the director was... Yeah, damn you, around the world in 80 days. <laughs> your your favorite hot air balloon movie is The Prisoner of Zenda. Yes, the guy right. shoots, uh, yeah. Which yeah. is coming. No, at this point, oh, no. it's played. No, it has came. Yeah. <laughs> Michael! It has come. It. Oh, yeah, it, it did by this point. Listen, the reporter, oh, right? He got a crazy story from yeah. the old man about some ray guns and, right? And he's took a picture of the cop car and, you know, somebody stole the Jeep and there was an incident of a burglary. Like, shit's going down in a quiet, quiet town. So I think there should be a big story in the news that fucks everybody up, but they don't do that. Look. There's a lot of wasted potential, you're saying. Yes. 
Wow. Mike. Open automatic. Bad Whoa. Terminator show up. You know what? They're pretty chubby, but they were able to get through that uh, that square. I would not. It would be really awkward <laughs> at this point. I would have to sit down and scoot my ass down this chair. This, this steps. Now you see the belt they're wearing, right? Yeah. Okay. The reason you wear that belt is when you have equipment that is super heavy, but it's still convenient to have it on a holster. That shit will just slide off your ass, you know. So you have that's what that's for. But the thing is, they're Terminators who are supposed to like have super strength and everything. They wouldn't need that. Drives me crazy. Huh. I can't believe I left my keys here in the lab again. Mike, you are looking at the second Star Trek connection, and they're in the same scene. Huh? This is, I need, huh? Interest. The TV show or the movies? Uh, TV show. the Flash? Is, didn't the Flash, like, Barry Allen get chemicals spilled on him during a, uh, a lightning, and it makes him super fast? I don't know about the Flash's backstory. Well, what happened was he was a uh, leaf chemist, right? And he had like a uh, lab like this, and lightning went through the window, electrocuted him. And when he got up, he said, "I got to get the fuck out of here." And he started to run. And then he realized, of all things, he had. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt you. This is a major plot point. They're ants. Right. It's so bad. And here's his Terminator fingers. <laughs> Dear God, so I wear that for my carpal tunnel. And Star Trek connects. That straw is strawberry. Convinced. His name's Carl, by the way. Okay. Isn't that exciting? Whoa. I haven't seen that since Star Trek four months ago. (laughs) That's right. Star Trek laughs at these special effects. Get this, Mike. The guy who did our special effects, his name is Roger George. He did Repo Man. He did Terminator for, uh, in 1984. He did The Howling. But check this out. He did Hamburger the Motion Picture. Oh, our, oh I like that movie. What kind of special effects he did? I want all the chubbies to walk in the food court and knock their food off <laughs> and go. There was no action in that movie. Yeah. But he did the special effects. There must have been something like a pie in the face. We saw that movie. I don't even remember. I remember it was Mr. Handsome got kicked out of all the schools, so they finally sent him to hamburger school at McDonald's land, right? Right. Well, that was the premise. It's like he he had to be a good, like, yeah, right. But it's like a sleepaway camp. It's right. Like, He's uh, at college. It has a dorm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so – Sharon came over and she was like, I've been brainwashed and I totally believe this weirdo story. And so Carl, Dr. Zeller, was like, this is fucking bullshit. And then Terminator said, yeah, look at these Terminator arms. See my chest here, huh? Is this bullshit? So what they're doing is he's totally on board now and he's removing from him an implant so that these, they're called trace. Oh, I got to play this. Hold on. They have a wife-husband fight. <laughs> That's what I want, 
<laughs> so guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> I want service. Henry, get my head out of your fool lap. I want service. Okay, here's the whole thing the director did. We're going to see the super strength of the tracers. See, they keep looking at their watches because it's the homing beam where the uh, where Klaatu is. Now, they're going to move a car with their bare hands. Ready? Whoa, because they're evil Terminators. Right. See? This is Get the worst service. Way, One car. star. Whoa. <laughs> this, the, the, the full service at the gas station at Jerry's is, is left to be desired. They moved our car. One star. Look at this hot rod. Jesus creepers. How many stars you give that? Holy shit. I give that a five out of two. That's fucking, like, I've never seen. That's a movie prop car. No, Nobody built a car like that. I give it a five out of two. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, let's fast? run into this set. Wow, this is like the Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, remember, like in season two, they'd be like, "We're the Loud Family." Yeah. <laughs> Listen to. Him. Check out the. It is 1966. Swinging. The guy in the chair was in Rollerball. He's one of the teammates. Oh, really? Yeah, John Beck. I can see that. He has like a Rollerball actual look. Oh, he, he was in square jaw sleeper. Oh right, the so, good Woody Allen movie. Now the doctor is like, my, my those asshole teenagers just showed up. My daughter's friends. Now Sharon has to pretend that she's so much older than them, and they have to pretend they're young. That's the B story. No, Look we're just going to see go the daddy now for no reason. You see the one in the red dress? She was a Mickey Mouseketeer. That's her backstory. Nice. So she's got the dance moves down. Yes. Do you think that this movie is so this movie is so old, the parents, the old people are talking to young people like, okay, boomer. <laughs> because the boomers were young back then. Mm -hmm. Wow, she's going four nine. Little hair. <laughs> Kiss me, duck. Yeah, she, she, her mother had been a dancer in vaudeville, right? And so she would hear from her the right. agent every now and again, and see they called and suggested her brother try out for the Mouseketeers because he played drums. Okay, but he didn't get the part. They already had a drummer, but they this she was eight years old. She could play the trumpet and tap dance. So they said, okay. Bring it on. What kind of time killer is that? I think they have a bunch of those on uh, Disney Plus. If you're like Disney Plus, you could go down the self promotion Disney mm -hmm. archives and watch their TV shows and the Wonderful Worlds and their uh -huh. the endless specials where they're like, we just open up a new parking lot at Disney World. The Wonderful World of Disney presents Parking <laughs> Lot Dreams. <laughs> When you when, wish when you made me space upon 
parking lot C. See the trace? You know, uh, when you made when you made me research, made me research watch when you made me watch uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah. I went to YouTube and I found a, a Disney special where Ernest goes to Splash Mountain, and oh. it's the premiere of Splash Mountain, and Ernest was the first one to go down the bear uh, path. Barely ever. And had people like, yeah, yeah, well, well, I mean, probably not, but, you know, on this TV show, this uh, Sunday night ABC programming, Wonderful World of Disney, not a half-hour advertisement at all. It was a half-hour <laughs> advertisement for Splash Mountain. And they were like, oh, we bring the delightful characters of Song in the South to life. You know, like, you get to yeah. go down the bear patch. And it's just like, holy shit, Ernest, stand up for what's right. Don't do it. I guess it made sense that Ernest is, like, excited that there's a song in the South, Ryan. Well, I guess, yeah, and he always pretended that he was enthusiastic about kids or something, and he made money, I bet. Yeah. More dancing. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he I know, this is for a Terminator him. movie. <laughs> oh, wait. For a Terminator. I was. I, how are you feeling, Cyborg? Oh, I feel good, but you know, I wanted to hang out and watch the dance number. <laughs> They're really grooving. When was the the day the Earth stood still? Was it in the sixties or fifties? Um. Like when was class two? Uh, yeah. Let me just look it up. Do you remember the rock band called Plateau? No, that's cool. Well, the story was that it was the Beatles under a pseudonym. Really? This is like during the 70s or whatever. And these guys got like a huge boost because uh, people were like, oh, shit, that's the Beatles? I'll buy it. Oh, cool. For them. Uh, 1951. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is 1966. So 15 years later, he's like, "Whatever." Does my <laughs> yeah. cyborg have a popped collar? I got another. Can I pop my collar at least. I'll pop my collar for a gig. All right. So yeah. we took the tracer out, but it's not enough. They have to destroy it, and the only way to destroy it is was 1.21 gigawatts. So the only place that has that kind of power is the power station. So they're off. They're going to the craft work. The, the, what was the, yeah, Kraftwerk. Mm-hmm. Isn't that German for power station? I don't know, but Verk is work. I don't know. That, I think that's great Google. Well, because the story is that the band Power Station, yeah. uh, they, the super group picked the name because it was the English for Kraftwerk. Gotcha. They don't want to dance anymore? What are we going to do for the next six hours? <laughs> All I can do is you tap dance and play the trumpet. Yeah, right. It's saying about Donald Duck. What we're getting right now is the director's so like, movie. The, what's that? <clears throat> the, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I was gonna, do you want to see a movie? We're, we're in a movie. So the director is getting like some... Uh, it's showing that Sharon has emotion and love feelings because the daughter's like, why don't you and my father just do it already? And don't, don't, you mouseketeers. <laughs> you mouseketeers are kinky. Today's well, that was the parent trap. Work. 
She's uh Oh really? Yeah, Does she, she do like uh she's not exactly Mouseketeer looking anymore. Gotcha. She wouldn't be allowed in the clubhouse. Now, for some reason, the tracers are coming here where the tracer was. It's not there anymore, you see? Oh, my God, they went into Jack Tripper's house. <laughs> right, with the, the arching door. Listen, here's what I want to say. You see some guys running down the street. They didn't know that they were there to harm them. Look what happened. Special effect. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I can't believe the homeowner allowed them to shoot this movie in their house. Right. Would have been better served to have a cheap set. <laughs> Look at Rollerball Guy. He doesn't even know there's a movie going on. <laughs> He'll do a good job in Rollerball and in Sleeper. Oh, he Was got he like so away. Oh, Jesus. Never punch an evil Terminator. What's wrong with you? Take us to your zipper. <laughs> Take us to your sweater. <laughs> Bathrooms this way. There's two good reasons Sharon got this fil film, and that's they're right under her nose. You know, we want to. Can we watch one movie where from the '60s where we don't comment on the girl's sweater? All right. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. the answer is no. The answer is no. Well, we because we watched an Elvis movie, and it was like. <laughs> They were talking. <laughs> they were Nurse Diesel. <laughs> oh, boy. So just to be a pig disgusting man, I want to say that the uh, Jill it, with the white shirt on back there has almost no cleavage to speak yeah. of. Well, that's why she's cowering in the back. Director's uh, request. Back into the hot rod. Listen, it makes explosion noises. Listen. Whenever you uh, turn Ford. on the hot rod, it makes pops. They're at the power station. And he said, Sharon, you wait here because you're a helpless female. And she said, if you think it's best, Carl. What was this? There was some like it hot. The heat is on. What was the power station song? From the power group mm -hmm. power station? That was a solo guy. Some feel the oh, heat. Oh, it was like... Oh, right. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of... Uh... Robert Palmer? Is that his name? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, Robert Palmer. God, that's weird. But there was a supergroup. Anyway, I'll, I'll let it go. Okay, now, to foil the tracer, he's setting up a trap. He knows everything about their technology because it was fed into his brain. So this is like Terminator 2, when the Terminator is good. He was evil in the first 10 minutes of this movie, and then right. he turned around, and now he's good. By mind-controlling a girl. Duh. <laughs> I'll kill this wolf, beat a place. <laughs> Look, somebody's been sleeping in my bed. Someone's been eating my porridge. By the way, in their Terminator world, they are known as the comedy duo. 
There's like the Martin and Roland of their their <laughs> it's Evil Terminator Martin and Roland's laughing Yay. live from the from the post-apocalyptic desolated Bur- downtown Burbank <laughs> population none. I don't believe this movie influenced Terminator at all. Well, so that's the notoriety of this film is that the plot lines are so similar. Like when we watched Terminator, we there was a credit saying based on an idea by, or inspired by an idea by Harlan Ellison. Because right, Harlan it's Ellison not this guy. Science fiction writer. Yeah. No, but there's no like the producer. I think it's that the producers would like to acknowledge Harlan Ellison. I think that was how they legally solved it. Yeah. But there was no like Anne Cyborg 2087 from 1966. Right. Wendell Crane. It was from an episode of the Outer Limits television show. Right, that's right. That Harlan, back when Harlan would write all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, adapted from his 1957 short story "Soldier from Tomorrow." Soldier is an episode of the original Outer Limits television show. Ellison brought suit. Blah blah blah. Now listen, James Cameron doesn't like this at all. He absolutely denies it. He had nothing to do with the lawsuit. The he wasn't even looped in. So, yeah, I would believe him. He said it was a really bum deal, and I had nothing to do with it, and I disagree with it. But that's what happened. This Harlan was yeah. a real jerk, you know. He would be physically violent to people in, in like, a corporate setting. He seriously was a problem person. That I did not know. I mean, I knew that he would either he was a prolific writer, and yes. most of the time it was introductions and prefaces where he brings up stories. And he's one of those like larger than life uh, lawsuit guys. Yeah. He sued the Comics Journal among other things, and I didn't realize he was physically abusive. It's a shame because I I read a it's bunch like, of his stuff and like you know, physically abusive puts all this label on it. It's like he was like one of those people who would punch a guy, you know. Like, but I mean, yeah. like you, your boss should not be. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. Like, so if you're if you're at a bar, chances are you're gonna get decked by Harlan. Ellison. Ellison. Yeah. I'm Beethoven, yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that Star Trek episode and that Outer Limits. Look, they're climbing up ladders. That's it. That's only a Terminator could do that. Right. No relation. So. We are evil Terminators. Sharon knew of the, the tracers that were coming after Klaatu. Uh, but Klaatu didn't know. So that's why she drove over in the hot rod. Watch. There's a big. Lobby. Now, the funny the roof. thing is. It wasn't the kid's car. It was It was the guy from Rollerball's car, John Beck. So why did he let him? Sharon was like, can you drive John's car? It didn't make any sense. Well, I, all I know is that the roof, the roof is full of Terminators. <laughs> we don't give a damn. Let the mother terminate. Terminate. Man, how much fucking roof? Woof. They are like on the bungalow of the Paramount movie set. Like, let's just shoot on the top of the roof. Yeah. You know, my dog my dog used to look up there, like, and he would go, roof, roof, 
he's uh, <laughs> my dog really looks up to Ruse. Didn't uh, didn't uh, your dog like trees as well? I one time I was he was <laughs> one time I was really torturing him and then he I said what's why do you look at me so mean what would you like me to do and he goes wait no I messed that up what were you saying about trees okay I was, I was trying to get you to say bark yeah I was looking for you to set me up again okay so let me tell you oh, what's here's, going on here's here. Wendell Crane here's Wendell Crane is this the sheriff yeah right. Now, now this happens the whole Jeez. time. Everyone he encounters, he's like, are you crazy? He never puts two and two together that everybody's saying the same thing. Right, yeah, they're telling him. Well, you know, we were talking about Wendell Crane and that – we saw him in the 1957 movie, so that was like 11 years ago for this yeah. guy. And that his IMDb page has it under trivia that he, his career got diminished because of alcoholism. Like, that's like some kind of trivia. But he looks pretty hell-bent in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's sweating. He was a politician, too. He was a politician. Um, so... Um, what I want to tell you is there's this one scene where he's doing that, like, everybody's crazy. And he thinks that these guys are up on the roof and they're just going to wait and smoke them out. You know, they can't get down from the roof unless they want broken legs. But he doesn't know that they're Terminators and they can absolutely just jump right. off the roof. So then he goes, what dang fool said that they were downtown? And the cop goes, Judge Smith, sir. And he goes, what? Well, let's go investigate. It's it's really funny. Like he respects the judge, or it's politics, or something. Wow, I snapped that chain. Yup. Rip. Uh, I'm gonna open that door. He was mad at the. No door. wood plank's gonna stop me. Product placement. Oh, no. now the door's ajar. The now doors the door are gate. All right, let's tag this wall. Cyborg twenty. Is Cyborg twenty eighty seven is tagged? Like, does he tag walls with that? <laughs> I doesn't do my graffiti. If he did, you couldn't read it. All right. That's the weirdest thing about graffiti. You look at it and you can't read it. I mean, that's the yeah, point. Yeah, I know. What's it, it, the point of graffiti is to be read, and you can't read it. It's the stupidest thing. That's part of the environment. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's... Uh, I like it because you always see the same motif pop up. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Like, I like the stickers that have nonsense words on it, and they just post it everywhere. My favorite is Beesbop187. Oh, I, I'm a Turk 182 fan Turk myself. Turk 182. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Timothy Dalton's brother was a firefighter? And when he died, he used his name, Kirk182, and he and he tagged uh, New York City. And uh, they're at, like, Yankee Stadium, and in the uh, booth is celebrity actor Paul Servino to, to uh, uh, ring in the first pitch. 
And they're like, what? Turf 182 tagged the, the stadium. All right, I'm talking about other movies. Now, he's putting two and two together. Wendell? Yeah, he's putting two and together. Why, how was it that you guys were at the power station tonight? <laughs> mighty peculiar, mighty peculiar. This guy. Hey, like, Wendell Pierce has like the. It's not Wendell Pierce. Wendell Carey. Wendell Pierce is a different actor. Wendell. Uh, yeah, it's it's Wendell, Wendell Corey. Wendell Corey. He's sure. Right, Wendell Corey. Here he goes. I don't know. Was that? <laughs> That's great. Now here's more reporter needling for what's going on, and he never drops his bomb story. You know? Yeah. I really think the movie messed Just up. Hanging out. You think this would have been a better movie if they just did another run through of the script, another, like another draft? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think that they missed a lot of points that wouldn't wreck the plot. Um, I think definitely he should have gone back in time to kill that guy and then learned humanity while he was here. Because at the end of the movie, he like learns humanity and falls in love with her. But she does. Shut up. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It's what about the dog? The trace. Oh, uh, Carl. I gotta check does the dog die dot com. Yeah. Die. I'm not watching the movie. I'm on a different browser page. Kidding. Watching the movie. Ah, They're in a car. Ah, they left. You're not doing a Lego set. Yeah, well, maybe I am. My hands are free. <laughs> erector set. Erector set. Oh, yes. Paul had an erector set. Oh, my God. Does the jalopy die? Yeah. Let's Quick, before Archie sound. finds out I sold his car. Auga. Put it, put it, put it, put it, put it. Oh, we didn't hear the pops because it was already on. The steering wheel is not even at an angle. It's like flat out. Now, Karen, uh, uh, yeah, Karen has come back and she is going to like destroy the files or take them. She thinks That's it's the only thing you do. Carl checking in. Oh, is he like, is this the killer, future uh, kind robot? No, it's Carl. Oh. Oh. Uh, Carl, help. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. That's <laughs> all right. It's the um, honest truth. It's my name. Wendell Corey was in the Wild you are? West TV series. Oh, my God. So that's the 60s for Cernan. So he was out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
He, yeah, he was in a lot of weird. He was in the Astro Zombies. Yeah, Astro Zombies. Like he, right, as Holman. <laughs> 68. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I kind of like this guy. I mean, he's done Astro Zombies and Elvis movies. I mean, it's not like, yeah. you know. He was he, in he's on stage. the prehistoric planet. Oh, yeah. Uh, literally Venus, by the Look way. Look what it was she's doing. Because women are from Venus. And men are from Monmouth County. You see what she's doing? She wants to contact <laughs> Klaatu, so she gets the brilliant idea. Well, I'll just put on his telepathy thing. And what she's doing is reading his mind. He's like, try, you know, the tracers are after me. The cops are after me. I have to finish my mission. <laughs> so they're like brainiac talking, it's right? It's like uh... But it doesn't make sense. She should radio telepathy some bullshit to him. But she isn't. She's just listening. Right. He knows, too. Now, the line. she's going to take bold action now. She gets out a briefcase and she gets out the paper files of radio telepathy. Oh, right. Oh, look. So, oh, the safe comes in, in handy. Right. When it's an inside job, they know the combination. But this is a file cabinet and the, the, the virus protection or whatever, the security is, is just a, literally like a, a combination lock. Right. Well, it's 66. It makes sense. It's. Yeah. Oh, where did I leave that bottle? When you leave work, you got to check to make sure you didn't leave like your your yep. pot pipe or like some weed or like, you know, your bottle, your fifth, your eighth. <laughs> okay, I got to turn off the machine. That should stop the whirling. Isn't that your demo tape in the machine? Yep, that's the, third generation. Yeah. yeah. Real to real. Yeah. Now look they who still comes back. Even that's your demo. Professor Sigmund Marx. Is that Sigmund Freud and Karl Marx put together? Probably, right? Now look Probably, what he's going yeah. for. The radio telepathy file. Same file. Sharon, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing here, Sharon? Sharon. Oh, I was just hanging out waiting for files. Well, tomorrow's a big demonstration to the military people, so he's nervous. He went to a speech in Los Angeles, but he's back. The radio telepathy files are missing. What the fuck, Sharon? <laughs> They're not in these. You wouldn't have known the combination, right? They're leaving on top of the. Uh, she admits. Take him to the Terminator. <laughs> He's a party robot. Yeah. From the future. 
All party robots are for the future. He's waiting. You don't want to hang out with a steampunk party robot. I can't explain it now, but you've got to come with me. That jacket is so old, it was member only. She's <laughs> the only one that had the jacket. In her pocket! Look at that! Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, she just happens to have a casually have a gun, too. Yes! We should note that prop is the same gun that the uh, other guy casually pulled out of his pocket. Now look, she won't use the gun. I mean, she... Yeah, you know women, you just walk... Yeah. You were about to be... I was gonna, I was gonna say... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to be sexist. Like, listen, if a woman points a gun at you, take it from this 1966 movie. Just walk right in front of her with your hand out. Come on. Come on. Give me the gun. Come on. You pull the gun out on me, you're not going to use it. I'll just assume. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He would go on to be in Twilight Zone, the movie. Really? Yeah. On the plane, he was one of the guys on oh, the plane. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So he wasn't in the cursed one. He wasn't in the, the Landis one. He wasn't in the cartoon one. Cartoon one was good. Yeah. I like the cartoon one. He was in Bionic Woman. He was in the Waltons. He was in the streets of San Francisco. Gunsmoke, Hawaii Five O, Paper Chase. This guy got around, man. Heart to heart. Wow. That, did he do it? Heart to heart, you win. You know, heart to heart, they were just looking for, like, a, a threesome partner. Mm-hmm. And he showed up. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, he showed up. But he was only on one episode, so I wouldn't exactly say he was a strong finisher. Right, that was his only episode. Uh, listen, oh, actually, I'm telling you. Sounds a cameo. I'm acting like he's all TV. He was in The Magnificent Yankee in the 1950, and he was in Ten Commandments. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He was number eight. Oh, wait. You love this film. He was the he was in The President's Analyst. Yeah, I love that film. 1967. Yeah, so that was like one year after this movie. Yeah. So I went to Netflix and I was like, the president's analyst, please. Mike Spiegelman recommends it. And Netflix was like, what are you talking about? Oh, right. Yeah. Come on. So I had to go. To, I, I'll have to go to my illegal site because it has everything, Mike. Yeah, well, and then you'll find it. Uh, Including viruses. All right. I'm going on the Mutiny Radio computer. Can I stream it? Do you know that site? No. It's uh, canistream.it, like Italy. Like, it's not going to work. Yeah, see, urbanpixels.com took it. Oh, wait, movie streaming. Okay, so Sharon... Yeah, let's hang out here. Sharon has taken Professor uh, Marks to the, the, the ghost town. Because she knows that's where Clatu will be, um, you know, by his capsule or some crap. So, uh, but Mark shows up and there's nobody there. It isn't until Carl shows up 
and backs up Sharon's story that Professor Marx will even get a little bit, you know, starting to believe all this bullshit. Production value. You think that's the sheriff's mobile? Yep, that's the sheriff. And here's the smart car. That's like Inspector Clouseau's car, like some French car. Right. Yeah, that guy's barely fit in there. Look at those cool ass old cars, man. You know who'd be good in that car? John Wick. He'd do donuts. <laughs> Go to like an airplane hangar and just like see you next week. He's yeah, retired. Right. Is this they shoot this at Wild West City? City made for fun down at Wild West, West City. City that's running wild. City running wild. With Uncle Floyd. I went to I, I went there like a month or uh one of the middle schools in New Jersey. Cool. We went to the Wild West Recreation Center, Wild West City. Uh-huh. And there'll be guys like back in the eighteen sixty five, cyborg robots roamed the land or whatever the fuck they said. Alpine, New Jersey. Let's get to the shootout. Alpine, New Jersey. Oh, God. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Yeah, I think it was. It's, uh, it is with an A, though. It's in Sussex County. Andover. Andover, New the... Jersey. You know what I remember? I think there's like an emu farm or like there's some kind of like, you know, yeah. other attraction awesome. nearby. So when you go to Wild West City, you see a sign that's like emu farm two miles. That's right. And very close to there is Space Farms, which is the wildest zoo you'll ever see. I've been to space. I haven't been. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It's space farms. Well, they have ostriches and emus. Yeah, right. And they're like some weird attraction next to Wild West City. Like, right. Well, since you're in the neighborhood, why don't you make it a twofer? Right. Look. Now look, he's got a gun. Look what they did to Sharon, that's... man. Whoa, that hurts. Yeah, she's going to be casual about it. Not, not in the close-up shots. Oh, look, in the Ray close-up shots, she's standing on a stool, and you can kind of tell. Carl, if you shoot a laser beam, when does the laser beam stop? I don't know, because light never stops, right? It's got to hit some object. Yeah. Actually, that's totally wrong. Light absolutely stops, right? Yeah. Wow, look at this. She's really swinging from the, her wrist. So... That must hurt her for in real life, you know? Yeah. But when you see yeah. her close up, so I wonder if I'm behind you. Uh, without hitting pause, Michael, like you do every show, I'm at 107.42, okay. 44, 45. I'm at 107.44. I'm like, I've been two seconds behind you. Okay, that's no time. big deal. So now he's yeah. like, you're Professor Marks. You know, you're John Connor. So he's like, come with me. I'm taking you to the future to show you the harm. But Sharon's, Sharon is screaming. She's in pain. The evil robot, evil terminator. Oh wait, he just shot him? Yes, and he explains himself that the other the tracer would absolutely kill him. He's trying to be brave and uh, oh, save Sharon, right? But Klaatu has no feelings yeah. like that. He's not going to shave shit. Look, that hurts her, man. Swear to God, I don't yeah. like it. Look at this. 
it seems really wildly inappropriate. Like all of a sudden they're like, you know, for the snuff film. So now it's like, aren't you going to say, Karen? He's like, I got no feelings, bub. Yeah. Look at her chin. My feelings have been replaced by robotics. Right. But here, you're cyborg, you're half human. His moment. Watch. All I'm watching is like gray hair. What will the Tracer do when he finds out you've escaped? He'll kill Sharon. Right. Oh, he can't let that happen. Right. Now, here's what I think the movie should have done. Instead of the, I don't give a fuck, and then all of a sudden I give a fuck, I think he should have been in front of the professor and been like, you're coming with me, heard the thing, and wanted to save Sharon, but his programming was like, hey, you're a robot dummy. You know, he could have had an internal conflict. I must complete my mission. Oh, but the humanity. This film fucked up. I I think they're in over their head by this point. I mean, I don't. I think they just wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah. Got to play it out. Now watch this. He goes and he's going to crawl through the window. Look how dangerous this is. But look, he really just stops. See, he stops. And it's just implied that he, like, jumped down. We don't get to see it. Do you hear, like, a... (laughs) Now, look, she's on a stool. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, like, she's just casually standing, even though her arms are tied like that. And they're, like, look concerned, okay? Okay, roll them. Oh, my goodness. Now we will have the worst choreographed fight ever. On a hay, on a barn. Right. Now, that thing just begs that they'll fall over. Right. Will, they, will it happen? No. Well, you said it, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be satisfied. Well, he fell off there. That must have hurt. You really want the guy to fall over. No, it's if you're directing well, an action film, you smash the woods and he tum- the railing and he tumbles over. You know, let's let's see some action yeah. here. Well, if you had the camera from a distance like that while they fight on on top of a roof of a barn, you you expect it because they're gonna fall. Right. Like this camera angle, or like Look! you know, otherwise it would it would be up there. You see. Yeah. But he waited forever to do it. Sharon's on a chair, man. She's just, she's just like looking like, oh. Well, she is tied up, but you're right, moving. Mike. That'll happen later. Two of them will gawk at a fight. You'll see. They won't do shit. Do you think we could – you could see her shadow when they cut to her, so I wonder if you could see the stool. Wow, he's kicking. that's a pretty nasty fight. Yeah. When I said the worst choreographic choreographed fight, I, I guess I really was just talking about the beginning. That that was pretty good. No, but this is the fight cho- the choreography is kind of nasty in this. I mean, yeah. he's, like, he's hitting him with a with a plywood plank. Look, oh, I, watch my stool, boys. The, the 
Oh, yeah. What a weird sight. I'm getting aroused. <laughs> Sharon would be like, oh, my oh, God. Going down. My boobs. Oh, the blood goes back to your arms. It's a stretch on arms. Uh, strong arms at this point. Kick. You see how good it's that so was? Kicks. Yeah. Oh, they're they're equally matched. Right. Good cyborg and ba yeah. bad cyborg. Cyborg against cyborg. Oh, look, it's the people under the stairs. Ouch! Now he runs away. <laughs> now yeah. Tattoo's in pursuit. Come back and finish this fight. Now see that those glass that glass begs to be broken. Now watch, here's what you were talking about. They will just watch. Oh yeah. They're just... I can't believe they're still fighting like this. I mean, why uh... help by going over there and like grabbing the guy's feet, you know? I mean Yeah, right. Give it a little gun. Maybe they want to ride home and they don't know who's going to win. <laughs> this fight's going on forever. Yeah, this is it. We know who's going to win now. Klaatu is like, He's die! Or, uh, turn off. Uncyborg. <laughs> right. Cyborg off! <laughs> Did you hear about the Jewish android, Cyborg? Cyborg? <laughs> yeah. Golden Cyborg. <laughs> Call me Cy. Yeah, right. That's perfect. Yeah. Call me Cy. Two Star Trek connections trapped in a crappy ass movie. Now, you see how he fishtailed around the corner of the cop car? That's really good, yeah. but we should see it. We shouldn't see it but through the... I don't even think the director realized what he got. Yeah. There he is. I worked with Elvis. You remind me of a young man I used to play with. <laughs> it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> Die, Forrest, lie, Forrest, lie. He's now seeing, for the first time, the truth. It's a cyborg. Uh -huh. So the professor's been standing there like a pussy the whole time. I know. And he's going Well, in. he made him, right? Yeah. He, now we're so having he's saying the love. You create... Oh... I want to have cyborg babies. Yeah. All right. Jesus, this movie is so long, and by the end of it, they renamed it Cyborg 2092. <laughs> <laughs> I did that joke before, a variation. Oh, and last week I had a good joke on the title. I said Cyborg 2087 is about my uh, 100th uh, high school, me showing up to my uh, 100th uh, high school anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So far in the future. I got to reuse that one. 
Hey, Spiegelman, you're looking good. Fresh packs right yes. out of the factory. So, Spiegelman, did you ever become a cartoonist like you wanted to be in high school? Jesus Christ, man. Why are you bringing this up 100 years later? No, I'm a cyborg. You used to make all those great comics, man. I started photocopying. Yeah, whatever happened. Did I send oh, them? Oh, well, thanks, man. No, you just... Oh, you have them? No. Nope. You know what? I, I feel kind of bad. Oh, yeah, that's right. But I did photocopy. Both. Oh, he's going. Oh, well, I appreciate that. You bet. I was a little cool to people, and I, I, you know, that's old Mike. I'd rather just bottle it up and put it in a little spaceship and disappear. Oh, he's going to go in there, and they're going to have no special effects other than they cut to an empty field. Right, and you'll see that the time has passed because the daylight has changed and the wind is blowing. You'll see. Well, they can't, you, even, they see, can't even match it. Pow! Now yeah, she knows right, it's the afternoon. She knows at nine PM everything will like she'll forget everything. She'll go back to normal. Look at her, she's skipping through. Ha la la la. Yeah. Listen man, the, the shoes these ladies wear are like crazy. They can the fact that dance are down the hill in them. Oh yeah. They're like, What time is it? And they go, Nine o'clock. Boing. Boing. They're gone. Boing. It never high happened. Instead of, high, instead of high noon, it's by noon. By <laughs> noon. Look at bye these tumbleweeds, man. I mean, don't they realize they're playing into their own stereotype? They can't help it. They just keep tumbling along. Tumbleweeds. <laughs> Oh, gee whiz. Yeah, like all the Where'd you blow? Stuff. An abandoned town? Oh, gee whiz. Yeah. Okay. You know the time that Ghost Town had robots in the future? Right. I remember that. Okay, so now nobody remembers that because it never happened. This is before. This is the day of uh, Professor Marx's big presentation to the military guys. Radio oh, all right. telepathy. How come, like, don't, don't you think there's a jerk move what they're doing? Like, they're both talking in the same room. I, I mean, they're probably like comics that are like, yeah, yeah, we're in the back of the room. No, no one can hear us. <laughs> no, it's not the performance yet. There he is. Hey. Hello, Professor Sigmund? Marx. I mean, Freud. Hello, Sigmund. I mean, Hello, Carl. <laughs> I mean, Glennon. I mean, Carl. Hello, Trotsky. I mean, Marx. Uh, I mean the USS Beagle. I mean <laughs> Darwin. I mean Sigmund. All right. Oh, look, it's Bull from Night Court. Richard Wall. <laughs> I know. All the actors in this movie are like our dads. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, a robot from the future came and took yeah. me to show me what happened. Klaatu appeared. At first, I didn't believe it. A killer robot from the future came. The Terminator? No, it was Cyborg 28. Let's just forget it. It wasn't even anything like Terminator. Well, you know, in Cyborg 2087 Genesis, the uh, robot goes back in time and decides not to go to the town, so this never happens. <laughs> are they are they wrapping this movie up, really? Yeah. Uh, we still have more time. Uh, once again, they didn't do it right. He should have gone in front yeah. of them and said, gentlemen, it's a failure, whatever, and then he should have given this reason why to Sharon. You know, what are you talking about, cyborg? Yeah, so, you know, they should have had, like, you know, maybe he should have plateaued it at the end. Like, in the, man, the day they were still, like, going to the, the square and say, I am just a humble robot, cyborg from the future. But instead of having this guy give the speech. Right. Anyway, he doesn't tell him about the cyborg or anything. He just says, listen, you guys are going to turn my crap into a weapon somehow. We're not doing it. And the military guys, unlike what they could have done in the plot, were like, damn, shucks, Professor. <laughs> you know, they could have really <laughs> threatened him. But anyway. Oh, my God. That's the power play, give, dismissing people and then uh, hanging up your coat on the coat rack. <laughs> right. Now I can start my day. Yeah. Told them. Look at the Gordon Gecko. Inappropriate, <laughs> Karen, but thank you. Not suitable for work, that hug. <laughs> and I watched a movie about that. One time I went to Mexico for work to cellular, I forget the name, Century, whatever. I went to a wireless company down there, and all the girls in Mexico, the women, um, when they say hello, you know, you shake the guy's hands, and the girls get close to you, lean on you, and kiss your cheek. I swear to God, Mike. Huh. Never knew. But, I mean, part of the greeting is the leaning in. I'm serious. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Huh. Well. Oh, look, there. Finally, I get some work done. Where's that bottle? Now, here's our last scene. It's the same scene we were in with the cops before, and we're going to get, like, uh, Wendell Corey being like, nothing ever happens in this town, and that's supposed to be our big ah-ha-ha ah, ah, moment. Yeah, they're just reading comic books and playing. Right. Oh, they're playing poker again. And five-card draw. Yeah. You see, it says the West. I really don't think it should have. I think it should have been a sci-fi mag, you know? Right, with, with maybe a killer robot on the cover. Right, exactly. Hogwash. Could have been done. I knew Elvis. I was in his second movie. 
wah wah. That's the ending of every X Files. <laughs> you see how we have a spaceship? Why? We should have some cyborgs. Oh, tie it in. Right. Well, maybe that was the the artist model for the spaceship they built. Right, or maybe it should have been the futuristic yeah. city. Yeah, right. Oh, did you know this was filmed in a studio in Hollywood, Carl? Yes, I did. Absolutely. And just so Excellent you ever card. want to go to that ghost town, too. Um, yeah. Let's see. Here it Next is. Next to the safe farm. <laughs> Harry, Harry Caricino, I think we know. I think I've seen him in this stuff before. Oh, there's Chevy Johnson. Ch yeah. Gosh, Tarnation. How in the heck did you do that? Yeah, all-star cast. They really did. Uh, it's the Bronson Caves, Bronson Canyon, Griffith Park. 47th oh, yeah, all right. Springs Drive in Los Angeles if you ever want to go to the ghost town. Probably still there. Well, I love it. Yeah. Carl, what did you think of this movie? Cyborg um, 2087 from 1976. It was not good. Uh, I, I think that they could have, even with their low budget and everything, if they just did a few plot points, they could have really brought out some drama and done it better. But they didn't. And I think they should have spent the money on the cyborg, like, you know, on his chest and everything. And his, his arm. They should have spent the money. I don't know. $500? It was a $100,000 budget in 1966. This was intended to be for TV. Uh, they It had oh. a theatrical release. It was one of nine films that this company made to go on TV, and they all were theatrically released. I think they they just bobbled, the, they t fumbled the football a bunch of times, my opinion. Yeah. I could see that. I enjoyed it, you know, like for a bad, like mystery science theater type movie. It was actually had a, a pace that was swift enough. It wasn't too corny. Yes. Despite that robot sentiment. You know, <laughs> well, it, has, address, it was a little maudlin, the robot. Let me address yeah. mystery science theater, okay? Listen, the only okay. similarity we have to that show is we watch a movie. That's all. We don't have puppets. Well, we they don't create gags. And listen. That whole premise was created. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were the ones that kind of created the genre. I mean, it has been done before. I think uh, Firefly and Peter had done some, like, what they would usually do is they would change the dialogue of movies. Like, so they would show a movie with no audio, and then, like, people would improvise dialogue. <laughs> and, you know, TV, TV stations always showed bad movies, so the TV station took the movies from their library, and they talked over the movies, and they right. looked off of it. So they created that genre. You know, the, if it was already created, they were the big bang. So this whole genre is based off of that show. So I, out of respect, I, you know, we, we go off on tangents. We talk about other things. Our show is, is kind of evolved from, or not evolved, but different enough. And potentially so. So to the point where I don't want to repeat movies that were on the TV show. So if this movie was on the TV show, you know, it, it was a forced error. I didn't expect it. Right, right. Okay, so you're a man of integrity. You are. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of entertainment, and if the show's already done it, or another show's already done it, mm -hmm. there's plenty of other movies, you know. Okay, I like there the are. I obscure stuff anyway. Yeah. Agree. Including next week's movie, Carl. Yes. 
So uh, next week's movie, we're going to do a uh, we're going to try to uh, pander to millennials and do a VHS children's film from 1992. This is a uh, second movie of a trilogy, the Munchies trilogy. Uh, this movie is not Munchies; it is Munchies, singular, M-U-N-C-H-I-E. And it's from 1992. By the way, the third movie was Munchie Strikes Back. <laughs> so uh, we have on YouTube a trailer. So if you type in Munchie 1992, I see Munchie trailer 1992 from Video Detective. Okay. Pause All it. Right. Let's... I got my audio up. All okay. right. Go ahead, Carl, if you do us a pleasure. Three, two, one, go. Old Horizons presents Cage Thompson is the new kid in the neighborhood. His mom is in love with a jerk. I'm going to be doing fine whether you like it or not. He's not doing so well at his new school. Unless your grades improve in math, I may have to fail you. And his overactive imagination is getting him nothing but trouble. Fire! <laughs> Life's not looking so great for Gage. Video blockbuster. It's a family film of a film that had a monkey staring up a woman's uh, skirt. Sounds like the guy in War Games. Eddie Deason? No, the uh, the other one who was from Canada who was in that movie we saw, Meatballs 3. Yeah, Meatballs 3. Yeah, maybe it is. Hot foot. Lonnie well, He has magic powers. Yeah. Great. And hot feet. Wow, that was a fireball. Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow, laughing. Yeah. Evil cyborg Roland Martin laughing. Tom DeLuise, that's a good, interesting. He does it. Uh, watch this. Oh, well. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is our movie next week. It's an adorable Munchies uh, hand puppet voiced by Dom DeLuise, <laughs> based on the hard-rated R uh, teen sex comedy. It's the family directed video sequel, Munchie, for 1992. Uh, Carl, any place anyone could see you? Um, are, are your shows canceled now, your in-person shows? Well, no, I did that one in-person show, and that was okay. Uh, there were only 10 people uh -huh. there. 10 people. What kind of a benefit? Oh. How much money did they raise? You know what I mean? Uh, but I don't know. So my open mic, I might go 
uh, real uh, at the Reserve Club in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. We will see. If so, it'll be next Tuesday. We'll see. Listen, Mike. Oh, interesting. So are you going to? Doing the Zoom at the same time. I was thinking about it. Well, that's what I was going to say. All right. Well, I'm there, man, if you need me. Excellent. Excellent. I'll I'll Zoom in your live show. Project you on the wall. I'm going to be an asshole and wear a mask, though. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) You won't get the computer (laughs) virus if you've got your mask on. Oh, I have that McAlfie. All right, well, that sounds good. And, guys, you go to issue.com. That's uh, issue spelled with two U's. You can find Savage Henry Magazine. I wrote for that humor magazine out in Humboldt County, and they have a really weird way to see it online, but it is online. Uh, and then I got nothing uh, going on. The amusement park nothing. story. What was that? The amusement park story, right? Isn't that what your article's about? Oh, it's yeah, it's new guidelines for amusement park. Amusement parks reopen with new guidelines. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, it's a part of the social distancing parity issue. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. It's a long way to get there, but you'll find it on issue.com <laughs> with two U's. Well, that's been the show. I think we ran out of things to say. Yeah, Muni Radio does have a fundraiser going on that they're trying to raise $5,000 before September. This show will definitely be heard before September. If not, Still got to go find me. I'm sure there's a new one. Uh, and uh, yeah, support Muni Radio and uh, keep listening to our show. That's it. That's all. Uh, and that's been the show. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, audience, for the show. Thank you. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a
Chuck Miliano from the time Getting me in trouble down at St. Agnes Grade School where we go. Just today he stitched. It was the warmest October day that I ever saw today, so we skipped practice, Tony and Yogi and I, and decided to take a little ride down to the ferry and over to Staten Island. After polishing off a hero at Lucy's, we hopped on the back fender of the 2nd Avenue bus and rode down to the ferry basin. Once I fell off a bus like that on a sharp turn and almost got my balls crushed under the back wheel. But this ride was smooth enough, and we got off and deposited our nickels in the turnstiles and were off. Just as the boat is pulling out of the dock, Tony takes out a bottle of Carbona cleaning fluid and a few rags and suggests that we do a little sniffing to get high. I was up for the idea because Carbona is one of the finest cheap highs you can get, even stronger than model airplane glue. We slipped up to the top deck of the ship and wet our rags and raised them to our faces. After four deep whiffs, we were sailing someplace else. Bells ringing through my ears and little lights flashing through my eyes. I pictured myself paddling across a river with black water. Only the canoe was going backwards instead of forwards with clouds that were faces laughing spooky funhouse laughs which wouldn't stop echoing. More sniffs and more freaky visions, the ringing bell sound just getting louder the more I breathed this stuff into my lungs. I kept it up for about 10 minutes, but by then I was getting too dizzy to handle it and I had to fling down the rag and make it to the side rail, sick as possible. I began puking wildly. My eyes felt like bowling balls and they were watering like mad. Tony and Yogi had done themselves in too and they ran over to join in the ceremony. Then we recovered enough to hear shouts from the bottom deck and wiping off our eyes, we realized we had zeroed in all over the head of some dude. More unfortunate was the fact that the guy was fantastically huge and looked horribly pissed. We wasted no time in making it for the nearest hiding spot, knowing the guy would be up after us any second. We got to the other side of the boat and did a quick Steve McQueen act over the rail and down to the lowest deck. Then we ducked into the bathroom and into the last toilet stall, locking the door and sweating our balls off. We hung on in there, reading the little penciled-in obscenities until the boat docked. After about 10 minutes, we sent Yogi out to see if the coast was clear. He came back and signaled us out, and we ran our asses off the boat through the terminal onto the nearest bus. We came to a nice park somewhere in the middle of the island and played ball with the local lames all day, taking on everyone, even guys as old as 16 or so. It was almost dark when we caught our ferry back to the city again, keeping a sharp lookout for our friend and vowing we'd never sniff that stuff on any ferry again.
mess of water around the barrel. You'd get them in. And you don't know how long it takes for a Labrador to drown. You don't measure it in minutes.
Black Black Plastic is the show you're listening to on the Mutiny Radio.fm coming to you directly live from the Not So Sunny Mission District in San Francisco, California. This show is uh, Epitaph for the 500 Club. God rest you. Good bar.
God bless our mother the mountain Build all the hopes gathered in my
lucky ride up there, all the way to the last stop on the line at 207th Street. It's like I was taking a trip to Albany or something, and I'm glad I brought along this sports magazine to break the boredom. So I'm reading this piece on how Bill Russell is going to eat up Wilt the Stilt and all is well until I reach 125th Street and onto the train stumbles this old Irish drunk and he sits right next to me, smelling like a brewery and laying this gibberish sob driver on me. It never fails. Like, I hate these old peckers, but I think they search through trains looking for me, you know? Because in a half-filled car, they'll always pass up anyone else and come right over to me, either cursing and saying, bumming coin, or worst of all, the old sob routine. The trouble with me is I never had the nerve to tell them to fuck off or go find another seat myself. So what happens is that after about two stops or so later, I'm really involved with the dumb story the dude is laying on me, though I can't understand half of what he's saying. And I, I even start rapping back like, yeah, yeah, I, I, know, I know just what you mean. The same thing happened to a man I knew, and, and he became a drunk from it, and blah, 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 etc. You know, taking the dude really serious as if he were making sense. This particular guy today took the cake he kept leaning all over me with his drooling mug, telling me how he killed his wife by accident by dropping a big mirror on her head as they were putting it up together or some shit like that. And every 10 seconds, sticking a bottle of Twister in my face, asking me to take a drink. So anyway, as usual, the transit cop comes along at 181st Street and kicks the guy off the train. Gives me this pathetic, sad wave goodbye as the train was pulling out like he was thinking, who's gonna listen to me now? And I felt